oh my gosh, I can talk to my future child even before conception. That was Nancy May. And this is Energy Matters. Welcome to Energy Matters, exploring awakening to your authentic self and finding purpose through mind, body, and soul. With your hosts, Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to, my gosh, our 15th episode of Energy Matters. We have 15 episodes under our belt, and we have over 20,000 streams at this point, so we're really excited about all the attention we're getting. Um, if you haven't gotten a chance to hop on to iTunes and rate us, please do so. Five star is my vote. Uh, and, give it four and a half. Uh, four and a half, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, welcome everybody. Uh, I'm Cody Edner here with my uh, co-host, David Gandelman. Hi, David. And we are very excited to bring to you today a uh, energy fertility practitioner and healer and teacher and coach, uh, Nancy May. Yeah, she's really quite the interview. I was very impressed. Nancy has multiple degrees in psychology. She worked for Microsoft and she does some amazing uh, meditation, energy work, healing work, helps women with fertility. And it was definitely one of the most unique conversations I've ever had. If you're interested in babies in any form, <laughs> you'll probably <laughs> enjoy this. And if you're not interested in babies, you should listen to this because you will be afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and and I would like to say it was a really great interview. Nancy has her own radio show and uh, talks about energy work and, and fertility and babies. And uh, it was great having her on. And she is an author. That's right. She does have a great book. And we put all the links in the show notes. And we will mention it again in the outro. Oh, and before we start the episode, as always, we'll plug ourselves. <laughs> Cody's <laughs> website, intuitivevision.net. And mine, groundedmind.com. And of course, you can listen to the podcast on energymatterspodcast.com. It's all there. All right, let's do this. Cool, let's jump right in. Hey, Nancy May, welcome to the Energy Matters Podcast. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and I'm doing well. Yeah, and we just found out that your first and last name is Nancy May. I thought your first name was Nancy May and this whole time I've been calling you Nancy May. <laughs> I asked her right before we started the show, well, what's your last name? She's like, no, it's May. <laughs> well, and interestingly, other people do that as well. And that was one of the reasons I put Nancy M. May on the book that I wrote. As um, When they were asking me what I wanted to put for my name as the author, I had a choice between Nancy May or Nancy M. May. And um, yeah, I chose the latter so that it would become a little more clear. Not that I really care, though. It's it's kind of fun to to hear Nancy May. <laughs> makes you sound like you're from the South, Nancy. I know, it does, and I have never lived in the South. <laughs> You've got that Southern charm, even though you live in Berkeley. <laughs> uh, Nancy, we actually connected through a friend, my friend uh, Jackie Robbins, who teaches meditation in Hawaii, and she mentioned, oh, you got to interview this woman, Nancy May. She's an awesome uh, intuitive healer and coach. And she does all this amazing work. So we connected a few months ago when we finally have you on. So it's great to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Great. And I, I just wanted to start by asking, I was reading some of your bio and you have this really interesting story about being in a car accident uh, and injuring your jaw and the doctors telling you that you were never going to be able to heal from that. But here you are, are on our show. <laughs> so can yeah. you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that story and what happened? Sure. It was a very dark period in my life when um, I was a passenger in a car accident and my head hit the seat rest in just a way that my jaw was knocked out of alignment. And I was, I lived in the Bay Area. The car accident happened to be in the Bay Area. So there are a lot of uh, great medical doctors around here. Um, so I went to one of the best TMJ doctors in the country who has an amazing cure rate and worked with him 
And lo and behold, you know, six months into it, nothing was working. And I even remember going to the Stanford pain clinic and one of the doctors there saying, you're going to have to just learn to live with the pain. And when I heard that, there was something in me that just said, "Uh uh-uh, that's not the way you're going to live the rest of your life. There are other choices to make and other things for you to do with your life uh, other than being in chronic pain. And this was the type of pain where it hurt to swallow, it hurt to talk, it hurt to smile, it hurt to basically do anything that you use your mouth for. Um, and then I ended up working with a, uh, an acupuncturist and a cranial sacral therapist at the recommendation of a friend. And that, between that and taking um, a mindfulness-based stress reduction course, uh, it was just the, like the medicine that worked for me. It was, I got off all the pain meds and all the um, anti-inflammatory meds that the Western med- medical doctors were recommending. And I was able to cure myself through um, what I consider energy medicine modes of, of healing. So yeah, it was phenomenal. And here I am almost 20 years later, and I have not had any pain since. So cool. Wow. What exactly is energy medicine when you say that? To me, energy medicine is modalities of healing that use energy to heal you. So everything is energy. And all the modalities before Western medicine where people were healed used energy to heal us. So for me, I I work with the chakra system. So if you know the energy systems, uh, you know, the main energy systems in our body called chakras, that's a lot of um, what I do in my own work. But energy medicine, it's there's a wide variety of modalities these days. Maybe you've heard of you know Reiki or you know cranial sacral therapy. There's acupuncture. Um, I do a lot of distance healing, so hands off energy medicine. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean there's a lot more of types of energy medicine, but it's it's basically learning how to shift your energy, and there are different ways of doing that. So Nancy was. The experience of healing yourself or, or seeking healing uh, for that jaw problem, the gateway into your practice as an energy worker? You know, it was. There was one prior incident that I think really put me in a place to be open to this type of work. And that was when I was 10 years old and my mom passed away. And I just remember having this ability to still communicate with my mom, even though she wasn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. And I did, you know, then I went my left brain analytical route and really got into school. I loved academics. I was great at it. And then this car accident happened and opened me up again. Oh. And then There was one other thing after the accident that really put me on my path. And that's when I went through unexplained secondary infertility. And um, it's a fascinating story. I, when my partner and I were interested in getting pregnant, you know, we had it planned. It all worked. The first daughter totally planned. You know, we, we got pregnant right away. No issues. Um, everything was great. And then when she was one years old, we planned to, you know, we had our plan and let's get pregnant again. And lo and behold, right away, it happened again. And then I miscarried and I was devastated. And one of the reasons I thought this was going to work was that the estimated due date for this baby was the anniversary of my mom's death. And I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, okay, so someone was taken away from me, and here someone's going to come in, and my heart's going to heal even more through this experience. And through um, our having our first daughter, we learned, my partner and I both were carriers of cystic fibrosis, cystic fibrosis, so we wanted to go in and have genetic testing, and we did. And when we went in, at 10 and a half weeks, I had no signs or symptoms of anything going wrong, and there was no heartbeat, and I just lost it. So 
that happened. I mean, I was mad at God. I was just like, this is ridiculous. It, it was again, one of those dark periods. And, um, fast forward a couple of years, I'm still not pregnant. Western medicine has not been able to help again. I worked with two different reproductive endocrinologists. Yeah. I worked with my OBGYN. Um, and I was, you know, also doing some more alternative things as well including acupuncture and restorative yoga. And it was my acupuncturist at the time who asked me if I was open to an even more alternative way of looking at fertility. Mm. And I said, yes. And that was my introduction to Walter McKitchen. He wrote a book called Spirit Babies, How to Communicate with the Child You're Meant to Have. And it was like, in a way, coming home. I mean, it was it was amazing to work with Walter. I worked with Walter before I got pregnant and it's, I'm a hundred percent convinced that it was my energy work with Walter that was able to get my second daughter here. Um, yeah, there were a lot of interesting, intricate, um, things that happened, including the way I, the way I look at it is there are these souls or these spirits that want to come in. And there was one that was really interested in being with me However, because she knew that I would understand her and I'd be able to, you know, I wasn't going to judge her, et cetera. And that's absolutely true. And she had a very heavy energy to me. And um, lo and behold, she just wasn't ready to come in. And so, you know, over two years later, after the first miscarriage, when I was working with Walter, we thought she'd come in again. And then she just, she couldn't. She couldn't come in in a way that was going to have her be integrated into our culture. Uh -huh. And um, Walter said, there's another spirit close by. And, you know, you can make the choice. Would you like to let this first one go? And I named this first spirit Grace. Would you let, like to let Grace go and call in this next spirit? And I ended up doing that. And literally within two months, I was pregnant and carried to term, no issues with this light, bright energy, who is now my beautiful second daughter. So it's mm. just, I mean, going from my total left brain realm back into like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I, I, it's time to expand. So that's really, um, that opened me up way more. I was already primed. And then, um, this opened me up way more. And Walter happened to pass in 2011. And I feel like, you know, the fertility work I know is that I do right now is really a way of carrying on his work in my own unique way. That's yeah. great. Wow. What an amazing story. I wonder how maybe in your work you're, you're noticing this, Nancy, but how many people actually experience communication with the child before they're born and what, why I ask that is uh, one of my first experiences of hearing about this thing was when I was 10, or maybe I was nine at the time, because I'm 10 years older than my brother. But when my mom was pregnant, she started to talk about these visitations she was having from the spirit that was him. And she would wake up at night and he'd be standing by her bed and, and it scared her a few times. And then she got used to talking to him. Um, but I wonder if you hear that in your work, like how many people are, are sensitive to that baby spirit uh, before it's born? I love this question. And, and as you were talking about your mom's experience, I actually was feeling tingly because it just, it just is, it's such a beautiful experience when you can connect with that spirit before they're here in, in a in human form. Mm -hmm. And I don't have exact numbers. However, it is something that I help teach people to do to, because often these, these babies will come in and um, really want to communicate with the family. And uh, I know for me, I, I felt my first daughter and I was constantly talking with my second daughter and um you know I have one client right now who's pregnant she's due in may i mean we we communicate with the baby all the time she's constantly telling me what she's talking about the baby you know with the baby about and i'm i have fun because i almost feel like i'm like this midwife in a way of helping to bring these these souls together you know 
a lot of people are not quite sure if they're connecting with the spirit. And I think it's, they cut off that first initial instinct, like, oh, wait, okay, oh, wait, that can't be right. You know, that's, you know, um, so their analytical brain comes in and they start listening to that. So when I'm working with people, I really invite them to listen to those gut instincts, their intuition, because the babies really, really are interested in communicating. They're really um, wanting, for the most part, some sort of more connection with the family before coming in. They may have information for the family about um, how they want to come in. And um, they may have information for the family about, uh, you know, oh, you're going to be moving soon because I want to live in a certain area or, I mean, you name it. It's fascinating. You know, yeah, (laughs) I go on and on. I get so passionate about this. (laughs) You better buy me some teddy bears before (laughs) I get there. Yeah, and the color of the room. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, I want a tree in the backyard. It's phenomenal. Um, I wish I could say everyone I worked with was able to communicate, but th- some people do come to me so that they can get more information because I'm able to communicate with the, their future children. Nancy, it sounds like there's a process of you, where you can choose the spirit or I guess it, it's both ways, right? So the baby spirit is choosing the parents and the, and the parents are choosing the spirit and it's almost like an agreement, right? So when you're working with someone, for example, are there some times where there are multiple spirits and the mother or the both parents have to choose and communicate with each one? Uh, is it usually just one and they've decided this is the one? And if it's not, another one will come in. Do you notice certain kinds of dynamics? It really depends on who I'm working with. Often, I would say the most common is that one just comes forward. And if I look more, I can see more in the background. Uh, but yeah, the most common is that one comes forward when more than one comes forward. Sometimes they want to, they might come in as multiples, usually twins. Um, sometimes they want to be siblings. Um, if more than one comes together and then sometimes it's just like a gaggle of spirit babies because there's, you know, this family is totally interesting or cool or, you know, um, and when that happens, I really encourage the family to get clear on what they're looking for. You know, are you interested in having one child or more child? Do you want to have, um, uh, are you interested in twins? Are you, you know, are you interested in, um, you know, having a child right now or can you wait? Because sometimes these spirits have, you know, some more work to do before they come in. So those are some of the questions that I ask or, or that I encourage the family to think about. And sometimes the family will ask me to ask the spirit baby certain questions, and that will help to, to kind of um, uh, almost form a line, or at least that's how I see it often, is they start coming into like alignment. One would be um, or it's one or a couple might be closer to the front of the line because they're starting to, um, the family and the baby spirit is, or spirits are coming more into alignment with what they, what they feel like could happen in this lifetime. And I guess another thing, depending on the people that I'm working with, I also encourage them to remember that this is only one lifetime, that all of these babies uh, if you decide to let one go this this lifetime, there are other lifetimes. And maybe that particular spirit can come in a different way this particular lifetime. Maybe they'll come in as your grandchild or as a friend's child that you'll be close to. So there are a lot of little subtle nuances that can happen. So if someone feels like there's no choice, like, oh, this is it. This is the only baby. This is all. That's where... Um, my, my mind tries to encourage, my mind goes, oh, we're stuck. (laughs) I guess that's what I want to say is if we feel like we don't have any choice in the matter, I feel like our energy is stuck somewhere. Mm. So that's part of my work is I want to encourage people to see that there are, um, there are, uh, you know, other choices in is even when bringing in a baby, there are choices. So in a, in encouraging someone or helping someone open up to the communication with the baby spirit, 
really you're moving them to a place of aware energy awareness let's say do you teach them some practices or meditation or, or do you help them kind of open up to their own intuitive abilities in some way I do. And often I'll use different wording depending on who the person is, because sometimes right. this is their first foray into a more um, into energy medicine or energy techniques. And definitely for some people, this is their first even like idea of, oh, my gosh, I can talk to my future child even before conception. So um yeah, I, I, it's definitely is a way of helping people to become more aware, more aware of themselves, more aware of their energy, more aware of things that influence them in their lives. And, you know, it's, I think it's a phenomenal um, uh, practice. So one thing I encourage everyone to do is to have some sort of grounding practice. So some way of centering themselves. And I teach them, I have a little meditation that I teach them. Um, and then I also encourage them to find what works for them. Like this is just, this, this is an idea. Here's some guidance. Maybe yoga works for you. Maybe Tai Chi or Qigong or being out in nature, maybe a good, you know, um, sweat works for you, you know, get a, getting some physical air exercise. There's so many different ways to ground Meditation, definitely, it doesn't seem to work for everyone at this stage, mm -hmm. is what I find, which is why I like to offer uh, different ideas. Mm -hmm. So that, I, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, you have a book on this entire topic called The Energetic Fertility Method. Is Do you go through different techniques in the book on how to communicate and different meditation tools? I do. The entire book goes, it's structured um, chakra by chakra, using the seven main chakras as kind of uh, the foundation of the book. And it talks about common problems and blocks that can get in the way of bringing in a baby or anything else you want to birth in your life. And uh, yes, it definitely it talks about uh, different tools and techniques to help kind of move these blocks out and also tools and techniques to help you become more aware of what might be blocking. Because since only 5% of our brain is more conscious thought, the other 95% is unconscious. And if we don't even know what we're doing, you can't change it. So that awareness piece is really uh, important in the work that I like to do. And then, yes, in the book, for sure, there are uh, techniques that help people to connect more with uh, their future child. You know, one thing I encourage people to do is to write a letter to their future child. What would you want to say? And this is something that seems to be very tangible for people. And um, in my work, I'm almost, in, in the fertility work I do, I'm almost always working with the woman who's interested in getting pregnant. And often their partner, you know, whether they have a male or a female partner, um, is less interested in energy medicine techniques. And so this sort of writing a letter to your future child seems to be more accessible to everyone. It's just an idea of, oh, hey, wait, what would we want to tell our future child? What, you know, what do we want to do? So that's one easy way. And then there's, I also really like to teach people how to connect from their heart to the baby spirit's heart area. So it's this, it's this beautiful fourth chakra connection. Um, that's another way. And there's, I mean, there's a myriad ways of connecting, uh, but I do try and make them more concrete so people can get an idea of how to do this on their own. That's really, really interesting. And I'm not surprised that the partner is usually less open to it than the, <laughs> than the mother. <laughs> I've yeah. actually had to write Cody letters a few times. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, I wanted to ask you, uh, you, it looks like you have two master's degrees. You have one in clinical psychology and another in cognitive psychology. And you mentioned that you work for, you used to work for Microsoft. So you do have a very kind of left brain uh, background and uh, training. Do you use some of that work from your clinical and cognitive psychology and incorporate it into the work that you do with uh, energetic fertility or meditation or anything else that you teach and heal? 
I definitely do. I think it's really helped to shape who I am and to, I think one, one place for sure that it comes up is I'm really big on emotions. And um, I have noticed with other energy medicine practitioners that I've worked with personally, less of their work seems to be focused on the emotional aspect of things. And I really, at times, invite people to go in, like go into the emotions. Um, so I think that's, that's a big part of the clinical psychology background that I have. And the, the cognitive psychology background, definitely, you know, I talk about, um, you know, you know, things or, you know, it's all about memory and, um, uh, language and things of that nature. And I definitely talk about, you know, our, how we think and how do we talk to ourselves? Do we say, do you ever say, I love you to yourself? Or are you saying, oh my God, you know, I can't get pregnant and my body's not working. And, oh my gosh, I can't, I hate, I, I hate my body. You know, there's so many different ways. I mean, and all these things are energy. So how we speak to ourselves and how we, um, you know, think about ourselves are hugely important. I think in, when you want to bring in a child, and I just think in everyday life, of course, so yes, aspects from my, my left brain training, <laughs> my very, um, uh, you know, I, I, I loved school and I still, I still love to learn. So everything I learn, um, whether it be more um, from a more left brain manner or more intuitive manner, I try and incorporate into my work. Because I, I really, I love to share what I know. That's really cool. Do you notice anything missing from the clinical psychology? And do you have, for example, psychologist friends or people that you work with that you go, you know, if you would just incorporate this energetic aspect, it would just fill this picture in a little bit more for you. Do you notice there's a piece missing there? And what, what is that? What do you think that piece is that kind of you, you've found along the way that you fully didn't get at school? I love this question and thank you for asking it. <laughs> so many things are flooding in right now into my <laughs> consciousness. One I would like to say is when I was going through my clinical psychology training, I always felt something was missing. Like this is, this is, there's not enough integration. People are just like going through the motions and not really, um, are not really in it. I mean, I don't think people were really in present time, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So what I found through my own personal journey and through my, you know, my schooling is that that spiritual aspect of things was missing for me. And I, even to this day, I still work with psychologists. I have a lot of friends who are psychologists and therapists, and I work with a lot of therapists and psychologists and help to remind them and to teach them tools to keep their boundaries healthy, to help set the energy in the room, in their office, to help clear out client energy and patient energy when they're, um, you know, done with the day or, you know, after each client, depending on the person. There are a lot of neat little tools that I love to teach uh, people with, um, you know, a clinical psychology type background because we're not taught these things. We're not taught how to um, keep our energy clear and clean. And I think this is a why, uh, one of the big reasons why so many people burn out in that field. Yeah. On that note, um, you know, in my practice of teaching energy awareness over the years, I've had a lot of psychologists come and, and take my courses. And do you find in working with the different psychologists or the, the different circles that you run in that it's becoming more and more open to bring spirit or energy awareness? energy healing or tools and techniques into the, into the mix? I'm happy to say yes. Yeah. I am finding more people are becoming open. They're looking, they're searching for things. And uh, yeah, so I'm happy to say yes. And I'm, I hope more and more people become open to this. Yeah, one of the things I've noticed, Nancy, with I've had a lot of psychologists and psychiatrist clients and students as well. And the, the main thing I've seen in them and that they come to me for is that they tend to absorb a lot of the pain from mm. their clients mm. and patients. And then they go a little crazy. <laughs> and it's almost like they got a lot of them, they were taught 
the intellectual side of it, the counseling side of it, but maybe not the energetic side of it of how do I deal with the energy of each of these patients, of their pain, of their sorrow, of their stuckness, and they start to absorb it and then they get stuck. Uh, I don't know. I've seen that a lot. Cody, I'm sure you have as well. Have you, Nancy? Absolutely. I mean, I, that was a great description, the absolutely yeah. great description. Yeah, I've seen that. And then a lot of the ones that have come to me over the years, really were looking for ways to bring energy awareness into their practice. So they were wanting to learn some tools and we would talk and, and I would coach them uh, kind of about how to foster that awareness, not only in themselves, but then how to bring that uh, to their clients in different ways. And, and maybe in ways that um, kind of like you, Nancy, were talking about uh, the language you might use with someone coming in to work on fertility, you know, maybe they aren't quite there yet to go deep into some of the esoteric language that we might use. So, so we would talk about different ways they might share these ideas to open and help a client open up who maybe isn't that open, but they recognize that the healing that person's looking for is in this realm of energy awareness and spirit. So it's yes. a very powerful thing. I'm curious, what did you do at Microsoft? Were you a programmer or were you a psychologist? <laughs> I actually, yes, it was, um, uh, I did my graduate work up at um, University of Washington. So right next to Microsoft up in the Seattle area. And so the cognitive psychology department uh-huh. um, used to call Microsoft the brain drain because so many of us cognitive psychologists would go work as user experience researchers at Microsoft. So basically, we go in and we would work with people like you and test products. And then we would help see, we would design studies to see how user-friendly they were. And whenever someone had an issue trying to use a product, then we would talk with the designers and engineers and give them ideas about how to change the product to make it more user-friendly. Oh, cool. Okay. So you weren't that that left brain uh, like a programmer because you had to use that kind of creative right brain about how to interact with things in the world and and help solve those kinds of problems. Yes. Although I did do like straight research as well. Like I was, you know, virtual reality. Um, I worked with people um, doing some virtual reality testing. So we're talking in the late nineties. So just before it was a big deal. (laughs) So yeah, I've had, I've done some fun stuff and have a very, um, a varied background for sure. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. So one of the other things we, uh, David and I were talking earlier as we were kind of prepping for the show, and one of the things that that came up um, was you do some work with entrepreneurs and energy clearing and helping people take steps in growing or maybe birthing a business. Maybe we could put it that way. What kind of work do you do on that level? There's a lot of things that can happen for someone who wants to have their own business or who is you know, in the midst of creating their business. And there are a lot of blocks. One is <laughs> that sometimes we get so many ideas, we don't know where to go. Like we get, we get stuck moving forward. And there are little techniques that I love to teach people. Like, in fact, I'll, I'll just talk about one, one now. So again, we go over the grounding and really we talk about how to, you know, how we talk about ourselves and how we talk about our business and the way we look at our business and visualizing our business. So from a grounded place, I invite people to put like a table outside their energetic space. So outside their aura, make sure, you know, maybe it's 10 feet away and you put all your ideas out there on this table. And I, I encourage people to ground the table too, just so it's really there. And then to, you know, either imagine, visualize, sense, you know, intuit, um, intend that all your ideas are out there on the table. All these ideas of where you're going to move forward, you know, do you do marketing first or do you create a program or do you get a partner or do you, you know, whatever. There's a lot of ideas that can be out there. And then I ask them just to, you know, ground each idea. And the ones that need to be worked on now are the ones that are going to stay. If something gets up and is harder to ground, let that go for a while. You can write it down and put that idea into a drawer and then, you know, come back to it. But there are a ton of little types of tools like this that I love to teach people. 
Um, and that's just, that's one idea of, of the sorts of things I do. So you're teaching them how to communicate with the baby business spirit. <laughs> yes, I love it. And choose the right one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just also to become really clear on what they want. I think that's another aspect of, of why things get blocked is they, they're not necessarily clear. Sometimes it's, it's blocks about money and, oh my gosh, can I do this? Sometimes it's blocks about um, maybe self-confidence. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, and I love working with entrepreneurs. It's really, uh, it's a very diverse group with, in in one way, and then I mean we're all doing similar type of things. We're all we're all being creative in our own ways and bringing these certain ideas or products out into the world. Yeah, birthing. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. It's a. It could be a man's version of having a baby. Yes. (laughs) I mean, and it's so phenomenal. And I think, again, I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but I see these patterns and if they seem to be similar, whether you want to bring in a baby, a a, human baby, or you want to birth a business, or you want a new relationship, you want to birth a relationship. There are a lot of crossover in the types of energy blocks that I see and the things that I like to teach people. Yeah, because all of them require the free flow of your creative energy, right? And, and being able to not only be active in your creative energy, but to focus it in a particular way. So Yes, yes, yes. And that just reminds me, there's this very cool creative energy exercise that I just learned about a few months ago. And I, this is something I keep um, bringing up with certain clients that are, you know, interested and ready for this, this level of energy medicine. And it's all about creative energy because if our creative energy is stagnant, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to do much of anything in our Mm. life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's hard to heal. It's hard to create or move forward or take steps. It it kind of blocks right. everything. Yeah. It does, and I think it's hard to receive too. Receive our you know information because to me the creativity is such a feminine flow, and if if that's really not flowing, other aspects like I said, like the the receiving either whether it's help or ideas or you name it, seems to be stagnant as well. Yeah. I remember, Nancy, once I was teaching a workshop on creativity and I had everyone go into a meditation and look to see what was blocking their creativity. And after the workshop, uh, one woman came up to me and she said, oh, my God, during that meditation, I realized I thought I was not a creative person because I couldn't have a baby. Uh, And so because I was infertile. I thought that was the only way a woman can create. And I didn't even know that about myself. It's been 15 Uh years or so. And in that moment, in that meditation, I realized I thought I wasn't a creative person because I couldn't have a baby. And that that painful experience just covered up the creativity for the rest of her life until that moment. And it was really cool to watch her recognize it and break out of it. Yeah. And what a gift you gave this woman. Oh my gosh, this ability to, you know, the meditation and for her to be able to, to, you know, get this information. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. And I know there must be so much invalidation for women when they have trouble uh, having a child. Cause I think for a man, a lot of times I can only speak as a man, but like, if you don't have a successful business or career or you're not financially successful, then you, there's this level of invalidation around your manhood and I would assume that maybe for a lot of females that there's a certain kind of invalidation around not being able to procreate. It's huge. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, I would also say there's this stigma around miscarriage and abortion as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it, it's the, the infertility piece is huge. I mean, sometimes people, I, I get people who, who don't know if they want to live any longer because they can't bring in a child. So it is, it's a really big deal. And I'm, I mean, I'm doing my part to get the message out that this is, this is important and this is, it's tough to go through. I mean, I, I know firsthand it was, it was a rough road and bringing these sorts of, um, well, I'm going to back up and say, 
It's also for me, I really see it as a beautiful opportunity for people to refine themselves and to really look at, you know, where they may be stuck. Is it that their inner, their identity is about bringing in a child? Oh, maybe they thought about being a mom their entire lives, or maybe their family wants them to have a child. Oh my God, you have to have a child. And lo and behold, they feel a pressure from their family and they can't bring in a child for whatever reason. And I, I mean, I, I'm actually very grateful. I have a number of friends who are, you know, in their forties and fifties and do not have children. And they have full lives and they are definitely moving on with their lives and doing well. And that's, if if I can say one thing right here, right now, that I would love for everyone to know is that your whole, how you are. I mean, if you have a child, fine. And if you don't have a child, fine. It may not feel fine at the moment, but it's no reflection on you. It's really... Um, I mean, there's so many factors involved and it is, I mean, yeah, you've got, you've, you've touched one of my, (laughs) one of my little, my little points of interest. I I literally want to cry for all the women who, um, have a hard time bringing in a child. It's, it is, it's really, it's really challenging for a lot of people. And when, when it's also, an amazing process when someone gets to a place it's it's like, Oh yeah, you know, yes. Bringing in a child is something that I've wanted. And if I bring one in great. And if I don't, I'm still whole, I'm a great human. I'm, you know, I have my path and I'm going to continue with that. Can I ask a follow-up with that? Uh, And this is a tough question, but have you ever worked with or noticed? And I think a lot of people have this question. If if someone has an abortion, does that spirit just kind of, go back up into the ethers and wait for another time around. Cause I know there's a lot of guilt around that. There's a lot of confusion and conflict for most people uh, that have to go through that. Have you ever worked with someone on that energy aspect of it? Absolutely. I do this a lot. And in fact, I terminated a pregnancy and that was um, with the spirit baby grace. I didn't talk about that earlier, but um, yeah, she, the, you know, we did, like two, whatever, two plus years after that initial miscarriage, I was pregnant again with that, um, the spirit baby Grace. And she had a genetic abnormality. And my partner and I at the time decided that that wasn't our path, that we were very clear on if there was a, you know, a genetic abnormality, that it was not gonna, um, that wasn't part of our life path. So I terminated the pregnancy and it was, it was tough. She was still with me. So she was still with me. Grace was with me. And then later I, I let her go. So yes, there's different ways that these spirits, um, uh, you know, work with the, with having a terminated pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they will go and find another family. Sometimes they stay with the, the mom. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I've worked with a, you know, a, a lot of people who've had abortions from when they were young. So they got pregnant when they were young and then they decided that that wasn't the time for them to have a child and they aborted the the child, uh, the pregnancy. And then sometimes those spirits don't come back because it's this, that mom finds a different dad for the, for the baby spirit. So they were with one partner when they were younger and then they go to another partner when they're older. So there, I mean, there's, there's no rhyme or reason exactly how this works out. I think it just, it's really about each person. I always encourage people, whenever someone gets pregnant, there's an energetic imprint. And I always encourage people who've either had miscarriages or abortions to work with someone to help them release those energetic imprints so that if they do decide to get pregnant again, that it is easier and those other energetic imprints are not still there. I just want to say, if you're a man and you're still listening to this episode, I want to congratulate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're doing really great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I congratulate you as well. Cause it's, I think it's really important, you know, for, for men to understand this as well. It's, it's a very 
It's a very touchy subject. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so much easier for the male side. They don't have to go through all the physical aspects of it, right? Yes, it is. It's very different. And there's no way to describe what it's like until you go through it as a woman. Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean, on the physical level, you're losing a baby, but on an energetic level, it's like you're losing a soul in some sense. Yes. And I know for me, I, I literally, I remember Walter McKitchen once, and I was so grateful he said this to me, when after the miscarriage, um, I was like completely devastated. Like I was just, I mean, and uh, my partner just was like, what's the big deal, so to speak? And it was interesting because we had very different reactions. And then Walter once said to me, you know, Nancy, the miscarriage, it was like losing a spouse. And so I was so connected with this spirit baby that it was like I had, I had lost my spouse. So it can, you know, uh, a miscarriage and abortion can be super traumatic because sometimes there are, I mean, these connections that are um, much stronger than you would think in that, you know, time period. Right, right. Do you think because of the, intensity and the sensitivity in this area that maybe that's why you really focus on and work with the emotional body or bring that into your practice because it seems like so much of that aspect of either a miscarriage or an abortion in the physical body of course there's all kinds of things that are happening but there's such a deep emotional connection with that baby spirit right off really um, yeah. How can you not, you know, work with that? Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. A lot about processing grief and um, having a closing ceremony for for the child and the family. Um, there's lots of things that I do, you know, work with around this. And yes, it is. It's huge. It's really a big piece. And if if someone doesn't work through the emotional body aspect of things, then I think it just creates a lot of blocks for them through the rest of their life. Yeah. I think they continue to carry it in the physical body then. Yep. Um, very deeply. Yeah. I agree. Yes. I absolutely agree with that. So I think that's also one of the reasons I really try and help people like delve into what's what's in their unconscious mind as much as possible. I encourage people to do a lot of journaling. Some people love to journal and love to write because it is a creative process and that can help get the creative energy flowing. And then there are other people I encourage to do a lot of visualizations depending on how their energy works and what flows for them. But it's so important to, to check in with those emotions and to give them the time of day. Sometimes we just want to stuff them away and we don't want to deal with it or it's too hard or too difficult. And yes, it's dark. It's, it's difficult. It's challenging. And I truly believe at least what my life path has been like is there have been periods of going through the darkness so I can get to the light. Right. And I've learned so much through those periods of darkness and working through the emotions of, of a loss are part of that. When you're working with someone, do you work with people who are in the middle of going through fertility treatment? Because my sister, she has twins, and they're the same age as my daughter, actually, but she went through fertility treatment, which, of course, you know, is a big, long long thing. Do you work with people on the energy side of things going through fertility treatment? And does, you know, what kind of, what do you see the effects of that, because I would think it would help because the energy of going through the treatment was really intense, right? It's very up and down. It's very, just really hard. Yep. Yeah. I do work with a lot of people going through fertility treatment. You know, I'm often the last resort. So people find me when nothing else is working and they've been through, you know, three or four rounds of IVF and here they are, this is the last one. Uh, yeah, there's lots of little energy medicine techniques that I teach them and how to, you know, spirit from a spirit to spirit perspective for them to, you know, say hello to the doctor and anyone else who's helping out in the, you know, during the transfer, how to set the energy in the room, how to, you know, help be grounded. There was one woman, she was either 48 or 49. And I just love this story. She had a, uh, you know, she had her own egg. 
or did she have a donor egg? She had a donor egg and then her husband's sperm. And so she was going in for, this was it. This is their one time because she's 48, 49 years old. And I taught her how to set the energy in a room. And one way I do that is you can ground, you know, visualize grounding trees in each corner of the room. And her tree was a blooming magnolia. So she had this blooming magnolia in each corner of the room. And then for whatever reason, we also had a meditation for her to, to work through. And uh, they had to wait an extra 45 minutes for the embryo to be brought in. And with no, they, they were not given any reason as to why that was the case. And she said that they could have gone down the rabbit hole and been worried, but instead they kept doing this meditation. And lo and behold, she has this beautiful daughter now. You know, it must be she must be a couple years old by now. Oh, wow, great! That's really cool. I love it. You know that that we might have to do some overtime uh, episode here because <laughs> I really wanted to share uh, when I was training as an you know intuitive reader. Uh, this woman came in for a reading and we would always look at uh, a, a rose, you know, read, read a rose for the person's spirit yeah. and look at uh, leaves on the stem and the leaves represent little baby spirits that maybe they have agreements to have. So maybe there's two or three on there. And this one in particular, instead of leaves, which I had seen hundreds of times over, I've d I had done hundreds of readings. This is just one time I saw a sunflower coming off of the stem. I was like, huh, I just see a sunflower, a little girl. And she's like, oh, interesting. Didn't say anything at all to me. Just said, oh, okay, interesting. When the reading ended, this man with his daughter walked into the school, six-year-old girl wearing a sunflower shirt. <laughs> and it was her daughter. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, and, I you know, I haven't thought of that story in years. And as you were talking, it just reminded me of that. I am. Um... One of the things I teach is um, mediumship and channeling. And I have this one student who had uh, tried to get pregnant for years and had gone through all of the uh, IVF stuff and just couldn't and get, had given up for a number of yeah. years, had, had given up. And she was learning. She was an energy worker and practitioner. She was learning channeling and she channeled Mary, Mother Mary, and she got pregnant basically within a month. <laughs> just naturally pregnant like a month later or whatever it was and she's like total miracle oh yeah. that oh, cool. i guess yeah that it happens for sure yeah. <laughs> so nancy you have a radio show it's called life transitions with nancy may it's every other Wednesday. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Uh, what kind of topics you explore and how people can find you? Yeah, it, it's on a platform called News for the Soul Online Radio. And I have people from different walks of life. Um, some are fertility related and women's health related. Others are may do work with, um, you know, they may be an animal communicator. So if you're if you have pets, or a pet that you're interested in learning more about, maybe, you know, is it time for this pet to transition, um, et cetera, you can, you know, talk with an animal communicator. So that's, that's fun. And then I also really like to delve in and talk with people like you, Cody and David. I really love to have people on the show who have a spiritual look at things and really, um, who like to share information with others. Yeah, I also have all the archived shows on my my website as well, if people are interested. It's it's a phenomenal, um, I don't know, I love to do it. It's, I, it's very flowy, I guess is one way of saying it, because I, I don't have questions written before the show starts. I literally go by the seat of my pants and it just, it's, it's so much fun. It's fun to see where someone wants to talk, what they want to talk about and the topics that we end up, you know, exploring. It, it would be totally different if I had a scripted set of questions. So mm -hmm. it is, it's a fun flowing hour. And yeah. So every other can, Wednesday. They can find it on through your website, nancymay.com. Yes, you can find it through my website. And then you can also go to the News for the Soul 
you can Google that and it will bring that up also. So you can do it from there as well. Very cool. Great. Wow. And so you do it as a, a live radio show, right? So that you, people can call in and there can be interaction. Is that part of the idea? I, I, yes, that is part of the idea. And we have not taken advantage of people calling in yet. Mm-hmm. It's something I would absolutely love to do. And thank you for bringing that up. It just put that back in my consciousness as <laughs> something to, to bring in. Because it is fun. I... I really enjoy getting questions and having, again, like I mentioned earlier, I love sharing information mm-hmm. and it would be, it would be great to have guests on the show too. So I haven't done that yet and that will hopefully come soon. Okay. Well, the only reason I ask is because you call it a radio show, you know, what we're doing here, it's kind of like a radio show, but as a podcast, we can't really have people call in, right? It's delayed or it happens whenever. Right. Uh, so there's a little difference in that. I don't know if David and I could pull off a radio show. <laughs> <laughs> I would I whatever I say, I say. And it's it's sometimes it's funny, you know, yeah. and that's that's you just go with it. <laughs> yeah. I would prank call and pretend I was a caller. <laughs> call yeah, you'd call me up. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> we could just call each other back and forth. Yeah. Well, Nancy, it has been such a pleasure having you. The topics that we got to talk about were really deep. I hope everyone listening got a lot out of that. I know I did, especially if you're a male and you haven't been exposed to that kind of conversation before. Um, really profound. And there's a, I think there's a lot of healing to be found in, uh, in your teaching and, and healing work that you're doing, Nancy. So thank you so much for bringing it forward and sharing it with us. I was sweating during some of the <laughs> middle of your talk. <laughs> and thank you so much for having me, both David and Cody. I really enjoy being on the show and I'm really grateful that you're um, going to you know, offer this information to people and hopefully people who have been through some fertility journey or who are on their fertility journey can get some assistance and, and realize that there is energy medicine uh, techniques that can help out. Cool. Yeah, well, thank great. you so much for being here. Thanks everyone for listening and we will see you next time on energy matters. Yeah. Thank you everybody. Thank you, Nancy so much. And see you all soon. Hey everybody. That was Nancy May. What a fantastic episode. You can find her at nancymay.com. She is the creator of the Energetic Fertility Method. She's got a book on the Energetic Fertility Method you can find on Amazon. She's a healer, a teacher, a guide. So you can follow up with Nancy May if you like to. Check her out. Pretty sweet episode. I never thought I'd learn so much about babies, Cody. (laughs) And the energetic and spiritual side of communicating with them. That was fascinating. Absolutely. And and very interesting journey of how she got there. And it's always exciting to hear the process that someone goes through to awakening to their energy awareness and talents. And uh, now she's really a full-time healer, helping people conceive naturally and, and helping work through the energy blocks. So very, yeah. very interesting episode. And ki- kind of parallel to our previous guest, Mark Shergell, because he went to Stanford and then worked at Apple uh, the intellectual side and then went into spirituality and she uh, is from Seattle and she did something similar, got her master's degrees, went to Microsoft, which is right. in Seattle, and then went in, onto the spiritual side. So I'm seeing a pattern here. <laughs> That's pretty yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Guys, thank you all for listening to Energy Matters again. Oh, I would like to mention uh, if you've never tried the app Insight Timer, it is a free meditation app. Uh, it is the world's most used meditation app in terms of how many people, how many minutes have been used for meditating with it. Uh, really cool app. I have some meditations on there. And I've been asked by Insight Timer to do a special week-long series on grounding for their, they have a group called the 365 group uh, where they get together and meditate every day for an entire year. Uh, you can go on and check it out. So I'll be curating that group for, it's. I believe it's 50,000 people. Pretty neat. Wow. So download Insight Timer if you get the chance. Check it out. April 8th, the week of April 8th. So Yeah, and our podcasts and, uh, are on Insight Timer too. So. That's right. All the Not all of them, but we do upload some of our Energy Matters podcasts on Insight Timer. You can find them there. And as always, uh, 
all the episodes are sponsored and brought to all of our listeners by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Thank you guys again. We'll see you next time on Energy Matters. You've been listening to the Energy Matters podcast with Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or soundcloud.com.